let me say that the political if you like, the political big This is the News Made of Students podcast. It's myself, Lex, here with my boy Ace. You're not middle class, you're not black white. Joy, one podcast at a time, discussing all things. Statistically, it looks like in London yeah. right now, yeah. this is predominantly a problem of young black teenage boys. Yeah. All good, my guy, man. All good, all good. We did it. Good, man. We, we did it, Joe. Yep. We, we here again. It, Back here again. Back here again, like I'm yeah. from the south, like I'm a Mexican. We, if you can raise a wall, we'll climb over it. You know, like Labby Sarif said, there's something inside so strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Labby Sarif is Nigerian, isn't it? No surprise, bro. <laughs> Great he's, thing. You know, Nigerian. I'm not going to lie to you. It spun me when I found out he's one, he's Nigerian, and two, that he's from England. Bro, you know, like, it's just, you obviously, I, I know the song is very popular and stuff, and it's like iconic and stuff. But I never actually like Googled him or whatever, whatever. Bro, he's Nigerian and he's from England as well, fam. Yeah. Bro, I yeah. that's news to me, you know. Yeah, it's well, I, I think it's good. I think it'll be a new song of Nigerian. So strong, you know. Wow. And I know that I can make it. Yeah. But you, you know, know the government trying to do me wrong. So what that our pride was gone. Oh hey, shout out Labby. Shout out Labby. You know, while we're shouting at Labby, I want to shout out Ansel Wong, you know? Ansel Wong, how to Ansel. Like, obviously, like, Ansel was brought to light to me recently. I'm not going to yeah. go on and act like this is something that... You knew who man was, yeah. ...with this knowledge of this person. Because, yeah. unfortunately, we, we, I feel like the, the media that I'm been prone to being a British citizen hasn't really highlighted the affairs of someone yeah. like Ansel Keith David Wong CDE, you know? Yeah, facts. This Trinidadian born man is a cultural political activist who has mm-hmm. just been appointed as the new, um, what was the role, brother? Uh, he is the new chair of the Black Cultural Archives. A lot of men know that place, it's in Brixton. They do a lot of uh, good events there. Yes, yes, central to what the black struggle is in Britain, you know? Yeah. Keeping, keeping our archives in good hands and proper manner. And people might not think that off the bat that those kind of things are important, especially if people are still right now engaged in the hyper-consumerism. Facts. You know, where it's... They're feeding, they're feeding themselves things that have been best packaged to them as opposed to things that are necessarily best for them. You know? So it's interesting, it's interesting. It's been, it's been an interesting start to the year. Yeah. Interesting start to the year. It's been an interesting start to the year for sure. So yeah, man, on that, you know, on that and on the positives of what else has been going on, What's been going on, Lex? <laughs> well, what else has been going on, bro? That's the question. Um, like we said, you know, we're looking at more the positives of this year and stuff. 
um, you know, obviously, obviously it's, it's hard to look at the positives when we're going through a global pandemic and and I'll say political unrest in many countries. Well, I guess now America will look at themselves and, and say, you know, there's no more political unrest now that they've had a, a smooth transition of power with um, uh, President Biden. Biden and Vice President uh, Kamala Harris, black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's 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 going to be an interesting time. I'm really interested. I, I think I'm probably going to think more of an interest in American politics in the next couple of years, just to see how that you know how that whole situation, yeah, and how they try to rectify a lot of the fuckeries um, under the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. So you know, but as you know, again, look at the positives. We have America has its first elected female vice president, who is a black woman, black and of African and Asian descent. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, man, it's, it's it's only positives, I guess. You know, I know some of our politics has been really questionable um, in perspective in respect to the African American community. Mm-hmm. But let's see if she tries to rectify that now that she's in like a a very visible place of power. Yeah, you know? yeah, so that's gonna be interesting to see. Um, again, like we said, going back to COVID, uh, in regards to if we're looking at like ourselves as a global diaspora, um, it's very interesting how the, if, if you're looking at the juxtaposition of black people in the West or African Af- people of African descent in the West and then in, in Africa. Yeah. So, you know, in America and the UK, it's been overly emphasised about the impact of COVID on African bodies. Exactly, about- yeah. You know, you know what I'm trying to say like also about you know us you know dying at a higher rate or catching yeah. the virus at a higher rate. And even um I don't know if you saw this, Pretty Patel had an interview. Yeah. You see that? Yep. Yeah. And then she tried to say the reason why we have one of the highest rates is because of the ethnic minority groups you have in the UK. So <laughs> interesting. Bro, but like even from the beginning when they tried to spin the whole narrative of that you know, COVID affects black people at that disproportionate rate. Yeah, we know that. that and we, I think we even said it on one of our podcasts that, yes, mm. we know it affects black people at a disproportionate rate, but it's nothing to do with a genetic uh, 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 disposition that black people have compared to their European or Asian and um, counterparts. It's because black people, unfortunately, in the UK, live in lower socioeconomic uh, environments. Yep. They're, they're more likely to be on the front line. So that's that they're, they are, you know, they're nurses, cleaners, uh, bus drivers, uh, shop uh, uh, attendants, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So they're more exposed to the virus. Facts. And the and the matter of fact is, you know, they live in smaller homes and stuff as well. So they live in like, you know, maybe there's four people in a two bedroom house or something, a two bedroom flat. You know, no garden space and stuff. So they yeah. haven't got that. They haven't got the luxury of, you know, maybe get fresh air. All these little little things all have an impact on on um, on people's propensity to catch the uh, COVID virus and stuff. So, you know, and, and, the, and it's like they're trying to gaslight us because they say these things, but then don't add that caveat. They just say, oh, black people are, are, are dying at an extremely large rate. We need to be careful. Like, all right, cool. Like, give the caveat. And again, I don't know the, the actual figures on how many black people in the UK or people of African descent have died in the UK and stuff, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know in it. But if this is a death narrative they're spinning, cool. And I'm not to say that black people, obviously, if that's the case, then I would, I would, I would, I would say that everyone that's black or deems themselves to be black should to take better care to ensure that they don't, you know, to try and avoid catching the virus, etc. Mm-hmm. But then, mm-hmm. you know, we look back home, we better look back on the, the continent, the bro, like, you know, I can say specifically for Ghana, 
there's only been 370 deaths, and not only, like to say, they don't matter, but 377 deaths as of today in, you know, a country that's, that's had 30 million people, 30-odd yeah. million people, 377 million deaths. Like, you know, when we all look back on this virus in a year or so, you know, those countries that like Ghana and Nigeria and other countries, Nigeria has a population of almost 300 million people, mm-hmm. close to that of America. And I think your your death rate is no, it's not spiraling out of control. Yeah, you've got more people in that. Yeah, yeah, but bro, yeah, of course. Obviously, a lot of people are unaccounted for. And you know, so when we all look back as a continent, I'm talking about the African continent, we're going to hail this as a as a as a success mm-hmm. to ensure that the mortality rates were going through the roof. Like I'm reading now, like in the UK, we've gone. Through, what's that? Sorry, a major victory. Bro, it would be considered a major victory. Like we, 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 we should applaud it, and I'm sure that around the globe, they're all going to look at it and applaud it. And it still spins European and Anglo- and American-owned um, uh, media, pro- uh, media private companies. Yeah. It's like they can't understand it. Yeah. But the factors are there, though. It's clear. One, Africa's recently, well, particularly West Africa, Sub-Saharan West Africa, recently went through a pandemic with the Ebola virus. Exactly. Yep. So the, the, the infrastructure and the technologies are there to handle this virus, that's one, even though yeah. it's a different virus, but, you know, it's, it's like, it can be handled quite similarly. Yeah, a lot of viruses are dealt with in a similar way. And exactly. And the protocol really is to stay clean. Exactly. So which probably why... Two, we have one of the youngest population, well, we have the youngest, we're the youngest continent in the world, mm-hmm. like with the, one of the, some of the youngest populations in any country in the world. Because so, of the murder in the age gap, the murder <laughs> and the loss of talent as well. Yeah, yeah. To, you know, that's for, that's for, you know what I'm trying to say? Because yeah. a lot of the age group have had to leave and to go into these Western worlds to become yeah. in the worker class due yeah, to the way true. that their foreign policies have disrupted their, their mm-hmm. national their national economies, you know? Yeah. And, then, and then that's, the, that's true. So second, for that's the, the second youth. one. Yeah. Yeah. We have the one. And, and thirdly, and this is, the, I think, the most important thing, I feel like African countries and African governments have handled the virus very well. Yeah. And like, that's it. Like, we're not going to be like, due to like, some sort of, we've handled it very well. I know, again, back, going back to Ghana as an example, like, as soon as we were, it was clear that the viruses were getting, the, the numbers were getting up in like Europe and stuff, the president of Ghana closed the borders to Ghana. You couldn't right. fly to Ghana. Right. He closed the borders. That affected, it affected myself and I know a couple of people I know because we were due to fly out. But, you know, I said, bruv, hold tight him and hold tight them, bruv. Close the borders. There should be no reason why people said, listen, if you're from this country, this country, this country, you can't come here, bruv. And Free. then afterwards, um, afterwards, when he did open the borders, he only opened the borders on the basis that if you travel to Ghana, you have to have a negative PCR test the yep. COVID test negative and when you land in Ghana you have to take another test again it makes so sense. like come on bro like this, this is another country this is a country that's not playing any games it, makes, saying, Listen, it shows yeah. that they have put their people first exactly around their people the politics you know what I'm saying exactly and exactly and is that a bad thing you know bro 100% I don't think it's a bad thing to look after the people that you're governing yeah bro look at New Zealand fam in the, in, the, in, in the whole year that COVID's been around, they've had, what, 25 deaths? Mm-hmm. Often, and apparently, they're living a very normal life. There's no lockdown and stuff going on out there. Yeah. I think New Zealand and Australia, they're both living, they're, like, they're actually like, quite normal in the way that they're living. The way they're living, they've gone back to kind yeah. of like how they were living. Yeah. Actually, yeah. So, you know, all this is like, so I don't even want to look at it and then be like, oh, the reason why Africa is this is because that, that, that. Yeah, those are factors. But also, the fact, the main point is that 
the governments have handled it extremely well. Mm-hmm. Fam, it's only literally this year, this, this month, let alone this year, that bloody Boris has um, it's, it has put bans on the uh, 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 um, not bans, sorry. He's even put travel, bans, uh, and travel restrictions. Travel bans and travel restrictions. Like how? How? How is that possible? Come yeah, on, man. Pretty much letting people fly into Britain with COVID, knowing that they had COVID, and then not having to do anything about it. Come on. They're pretty much... No, no quarantining, no tests, nothing. No. They're just out here. Mm-hmm. That's, just that's reckless. That's reckless, brother. Yeah. That's reckless. And, that's reckless. And the thing is, yeah, not only is it reckless, it's just, it's like, it's real negligence, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. negligence of a gross misconduct. It's yeah. allowing the people of Britain to suffer immeasurably, unnecessarily. Yeah. You know? Like, this suffering that has been brought upon, that has been brought upon the British people, yeah, has been you know, has been, has been God awful. Yeah. I'll be real. Like, I'll be real. Like, it's, it's bit like what, what we've had to go through as British citizens under the guise of the Tory government has been fantastically woeful, you know? Yeah. The list goes on and you wouldn't believe that this would be the one government and the government government that people are saying, yes, this is who we're going to vote for. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, like, like the one thing that this Tory government has done is managed to totally smear any real opposition, you know, yeah. and dominate the media so heavily, yeah, yeah, that there's not even any chance for opposition, and people feel, and then, and then they think this is still a normal society, yeah. You think this is still a leading democratic society, like, mm-hmm. like people have been to food banks to interview people that are recipients of these food banks yeah and these same people have been asked a question will you vote for who you vote for and a lot of the people that are not intelligent enough to preserve food and you know in to thrive in the conservative system are saying that they will vote for them again yes and this is the factories so it's like the 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 state that we're in right now is actually like it's more dire than we could ever imagine. Yeah. Gonna be real because what is the alternative here? What mm-hmm. is the next option here? It mm-hmm. feels like there, there isn't one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It feels like like what what is gonna come up? The only o- only options now, realistically, that I'm hearing is people is that it's like the Brexit one is actually coming to fruition. Yeah. And if you look at how all of the influencers are behaving and the movements that they've made in order to secure their own futures and their own lives, you will see that people are leaving Britain. Like Britain's top talents are aiming now to leave Britain. You know what I mean? And then the people that are aiming to come here now is are almost just a billionaire's playfield playground. Like the billionaire and the the billionaires and the brook. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, you know, because like the value of the pound compared to being able to purchase the necessities in Britain have become so what's it called, like so far apart that yeah. your average income can't get you your basic rights. Mm, yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. The pandemic has has come up. Has it only then yeah. highlighted it? 
more because the people that are suffering are people that would have been journalists, that would have had these jobs, that would have had jobs prior to the COVID situation, prior to Brexit. And a lot of jobs now are being washed, brushed by the, you know, brushed by the COVID brush. But really, a lot of these jobs would have been lost because of Brexit. Yeah, it's true. You're right. You're right. And they're going to try to blur that. They're going to try to blur the two. No, yeah. you're right. It's true. You know, it's very true. So it's like, it's like, how now do people want to be governed? Mm-hmm. And do people still understand that they are governed and led and ruled and that still a lot of their decisions, even made through consumerism, are choices that have been presented to them and they've been kind of like programmed for this. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I remember back in the day, you know, parents and skeptics would say, you know, the TV is programming you, mm-hmm. you know, to how you think, how you feel and what you do. But in this day and age now, it's like we're programming, we're self-programming ourselves with information that we not necessarily like, in a way that we don't necessarily know, because mm-hmm. look at the rise of the right of the right wing. Mm. You know? Just like in the last in the last five years, to the point where the capital is getting stormed, my brother. Like, like they've made films, they've made five films about this, and not yeah. one of those protagonists was there. Only one guy, only one black brother was there to, that watched the film well and was like, stop. You know what I mean? Like, like a whole time my man as well though. He yeah. got a promotion. You got promotion to the head super <laughs> head super good. Whole time my man, nah. yeah. I bought a Gucci scarf as well, like the soon <laughs> he got the promotion. That's a uh, real brother. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what I mean? So so it's really interesting, you know. And 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 at this time now, why 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 it's interesting is because like these organizations that we would have once trusted aren't really there for us no more. Like the politics in terms of the, in the main play, in the main political field. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, it's like finding that those alternative groups and, mm-hmm. you know, organizations that will actually be in line with what people are thinking these days. And it's not as easy, you know, as it, as it yeah. seemed to be previously yeah. to know who's actually going to look after you. Yeah. You know I mean, yeah, it's not. It's not something that seems like it's naturally being presented at this time. No, definitely. So obviously, I've I've done a bit of research now to compile like a list. To and I'm not even necessarily necessarily compiled this list myself, but I've done a tiny bit of research. You know, using the reference of the Voice Online to find out some to discover some of these. You know pro-black organizations mm-hmm. that wouldn't that you know potentially support the cause yeah or the cause that the individual listening to this might identify with yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like you know why are organizations like this important in your in your perspective because of the marginalization i guess of um and the disenfranchisement of our groups so like there has to be people that make specific groups to almost level the field i guess for certain things you know like offline we're talking about 
the difficulties of access that black people have of getting um access to like mental health uh, uh just me- mental health um what's what i'm looking for uh, access to mental health i'm not work- workshops so not workshops but like you know just um sessions and stuff like that yeah and you know so that there has to be specific things because in general brother i think from my understanding um seeing a therapist and stuff is actually quite a costly thing and i know you can do it for via the nhs and stuff but again, I don't know about the inner workings of that and how long that takes, etc. But also, there's also a, a, a big, um, there's also not a lot of mental health experts who also look like their clients, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if like, you know, yourself and I, if we were to see a therapist and stuff, chances are we might want someone, it doesn't necessarily have to be a man, but we might want someone that at least looks like us. Yeah. In regards to, if we were to talk about maybe specific things that are affecting our mental health and generally, for like um, black people or people from the African diaspora, a lot of things that affect them, especially those living in the West, are things pertaining to their identity, their um, cultural stance and their cultural movement in this country, uh, and just, you know, how they feel generally, like, you know, and of course, there's a lot of like, you know, family and friendship and all that kind of stuff that happens to it. But that, those things can't be ignored and those things are huge things that affect people's mental health. Exactly. Uh, here's, here's a good, um, uh, good uh, thing. I, I, I was I was in a clubhouse um, chat a couple of days ago, uh, just in the audience listening, and it was about um, black people in the workplace, particularly the corporate workplace. And bro, I kid you not, everyone, everyone all strangers, almost had the same story. And like they got to a point where one of the moderators was like, "Right, like he was getting quite, he was a guy, he was getting quite emotional." He was like. Right, like I'm not gonna lie, this is mad. Like, I don't know none of you lot from nowhere, mm-hmm. but yet your story sounds so familiar to me, like exactly. almost like you're telling my story. Yeah, and bro, honestly, it was so mad. Like, what, it was what, so mad. what was the story along the lines of? Well, all right, let me give you one example. What, uh, a lot of the black women had a similar story where, uh, oh, the wonder, wonder woman, like, there was an article she mentioned, in, like, an article looking stuff. It was called The Pet to Pet to Threat, Pet to The Pet to Threat. Um, syndrome or something like that where she said that as a black woman when you enter these workplaces you know especially when you're the only black woman or like one of a, one of uh, like a few she was like how you're, you're treated as a pet almost where it's like oh like here's you know um, such and such your one day or whatever you know oh yeah she's so nice whatever whatever but when you show that you know you're a very determined young woman or whatever like that instantly you become a threat yeah and you know, if you don't, you know, attend drinks every Tuesday night or whatever, then it's like, oh, you're a bit like standoffish and a bit, yeah, bro. It's so mad, like, and it's like, right, like, and she was like saying, and as soon as she said it, like, bare people start pinging off, like, oh my god, like, I felt these things, and like, this is exactly what I've been going through in the workplace and stuff, and it was just so mad, and I definitely understand it because I've, I've spoken about, it, I've spoken about it with um, some close friends of mine and uh, about their situations in the workplace and how they feel like they almost have to perform to to be accepted in the workplace yeah to be, um yeah to be liked and stuff and i would tell them like now nah, like in these places like we're not there to be buddy tap dancing for no one like we're there to do our job like as long as you do your job at a good standard that's all it is and that's what everyone will say they're like bruv more often than not i just want to go and do my job and go home that's it like it's yeah. like you know and then you know like one one of people like yeah we understand that but there's also a level of social interaction that everyone needs to give and I definitely agree with that I think there's a level of social interaction once you have with their colleagues and stuff 
just to make you know make the workplace a harmonious place and some people you know again everyone's on the spectrum some people are like no i just want to go in go out and that's cool some people are like you know go in you know have a little laugh whatever but as soon as it comes 5 30 or whatever six you, you know, everyone goes home about their business yeah. and you know like um people saying like the little microaggressions when it comes to black women in particular talk about that when they change their hair and stuff mm-hmm. and um you know when you bring your jollof rice that your mom you know the bang of jollof rice someone made the, the day before or yeah. you made the day before and you're bringing it in and people are like oh what's that what's that smell and all that kind of stuff like it's all like it's bruv, it's all racist i don't care like it's all like microaggressions that just can affect people's mental health and stuff and lots yeah. of people talk about yeah breakdowns they had at work and people saying that they had to like literally just quit their job with no safety net because mm. it was just too much on their mental health and it was yeah it was very interesting man very very interesting one of the best i know clubhouse gets a, a lot of bad press and stuff and I, I, I could definitely see why there's a lot of negativity on it as well but when you get into you know if you if you're look if you find what you're looking for you can really get into some really good chats and discussions yeah. and stuff yeah so yeah it's, it's, things like that. you know because like clubhouse the talking about clubhouse you know and the positivities of it because that's what we do here a lot of the negativities and it's yeah. obviously negativity spreads like wildfire you know yes. so it's easy yeah. to get caught up in that but I'm, I'm grateful that you know even though people were actually documenting and sharing their negative experience it wasn't an actual negative exercise in doing so in that case because of the way and the purposes of which they were sharing that of and then, exactly. and yeah and going back to like black organizations and it's it's important it's, it's it's just important to note that you know the voice newspaper is is pretty much the only you know british national afro-caribbean weekly newspaper so mm. which which, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. not it was not that old you know it's coming up to its 40th birthday next yeah. year yeah and, and, and yeah and it's, it's really it's really important that these these mediums are championed and made more made more aware, you know, because they publicate they they work as a normal newspaper, so they give you a lot of the information you're going to hear about, and they mm-hmm. also talk about jobs as well, you know, mm-hmm. that will more than likely be targeted towards towards the reader it's made, yeah. you know, yeah, African community, yeah. Unfortunately. You know, they've like uh, back in June 2020, they've managed to do an article compiling a list of some organizations to support, which um, I would say definitely go online and go check it out. However, briefly, yeah. I can mention that, you know, some of the organizations include Stopwatch, which is a campaign that uses to understand and tackle the stop and search targeting, especially mm-hmm. when they consider that a lot of the knife crime in the UK wasn't you know just black people and the majority mm-hmm. isn't actually black people because their majority mm-hmm. people aren't don't dominate the uk but now yeah. still high in the uk so they mm-hmm. stop watch very important then pretty much the only charity that actually gives advice on deaths that are related to the state as in government hired deaths mm-hmm. is a charity called inquest mm-hmm. you know and then going on to charities that support there's advance of young people. There's mm-hmm. Mentivity. Yes, I've heard about Mentivity. Hold that Mentivity. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the brother that uh, heads that up. I don't know his name, so I'm not going to try and say it. But um, yeah, I see him. I see him on uh, some couple of interviews and stuff. He's a yeah solid brother. He does a lot of um, work with the police, where he's like Holmes training Lewis. the police and stuff. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I think the person's name is Holmes Lewis. Yeah, I think that's his name. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just seen him about like so the and stuff. Holmes Lewis. 
Yeah, yeah. No, hold tight, hold tight, hold tight them now there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Blam, B-L-A-M, charity. Okay. Brainchild of six young women, black Dope. learning, achievement, and mental health. Dope. So it started off in 2017, still getting steam on with all these charities would love support, you know, and they're literally doing bits, especially in a place where there's not that much help around. Yeah. It, it might sound like a lot of people, a lot of charities lit, being able to list up this much, but in the grand scheme of thousands, millions, billions, trillions of people, yeah. what is 10 organisations? You know what I mean? True. So there's the Reach Out Project, you know, again, another one that started in 2017. By well. Michaela Pereira. Yeah. You know, and there's also um, a charity called Funds to Support Queer Young People. Don't, don't, you know, queer don't. Black Young People, you know. For yeah. Mental Health Matters, there's Black Minds Matter UK, which is yeah. really important because Super. try and search, try anyone listen now, try and search, you know, t- uh, ways to get actual mental health, you know. Desperately yeah. try and search as though you are an individual who would actually require this type of help and see just how few and thin support is and just how much privilege is needed and, and why i say privilege is because you would need what they would call expect expendable income yeah that something that you you'd have to be privileged to have it's a real privilege it's a luxury almost no. like it, it, it shouldn't be it should be like a necessity but it's almost, almost like a luxury you know mm-hmm. it's yeah no it's true and then there's some women's welfare charities called mm-hmm. South, South Hall Black Sisters oh. there that recently launched during the COVID-19 crisis as they saw that there was, you know, a, a gap here that was needed. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. some people in a better position were able to come together and, yeah. you know, put their paws together to create this group. There's another one called I Am Khan, which is a black feminist organisation which is dedicated to addressing violence against black and minoritized women and girls, which is a big deal because, you know, black women are literally, (laughs) literally one of the most marginalized groups in terms of just participation in society. So when, when bringing to highlight the, you know, the violence and abuse that this, and some of them are unfortunately subjected to, it's, overcoming not just being a victim of abuse but also overcoming a system that abuses you and uh, and would prefer for your voice not to be heard yeah you know those charities are important and then for black businesses the voice newspaper supports you know is a is a is is a black business and that that also supports other black businesses you know yeah. and, and looking at the power of media and how everybody gets their information from the metro the daily star yeah. who are spreading across these vile right wing right wing views you know to the point where they're giving out the newspapers for free just to spread it and people yeah. think, oh i'm getting a free paper but what they didn't realize is that they're getting hacked you know what people what we need to remember is that if it's free, you, you are, are the product. product. Yeah, you are the in product. In this case, they've created a product of right-wing intolerance within 
each individual because one thing I want people to realize is that being right wing doesn't exist just in white people. Oh, of course not. And the most insidious form of right wingness is the is the self hatred that comes with being right wing. You know, yeah. there's actually self hatred everywhere in terms yeah. of all the right wingers. Look at the conservatives, like their party. Like you got Priya Patel blaming people from her own background. <laughs> oh god! And then you've got you've got Katie Hopkins saying that people shouldn't ever name people their children after the after countries and cities, and then she's naming her own child India. You know, <laughs> self hate <sighs> going on. You've got Donald Trump who blames every other country for everything, and his wife is Ivanka Trump, literally an immigrant. Yeah. You know. So the thing about right wing is that it, any it, it, they hate themselves, you know, yet they will spread that poison so that that poison is shared. You know what I'm trying to say? Because I believe that greed is 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 actually harder to live with than anything else, you know. Yeah. Which is why a lot of those people do try and commit suicide and need a lot of help. But that's another conversation, you know, about those greedy people. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's just, it's um, those organizations worth looking at, worth rewinding to hear them back, worth going to the voice online to find out, to find out more about these organizations. And that yeah. article was written by Alana Francis, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, man, I wanted to share some positivity, more light, more of the, the good fight and the good struggle that's going on. And I feel like we've definitely had a chance to highlight the pros of Africa and the way that we retain our great systems that are actually proven to be, you know, supportive of our overall endeavours in terms of how we've dealt the, the overall dealing with COVID compared yeah. to how Europe has dealt with COVID and how yeah. the Americas have dealt with COVID, you know. Those, yeah. those, those lands that are actually ruled by Europeans. And it's interesting because historically speaking, you know, most of the major illnesses, the global pandemics, have actually managed to thrive tremendously in Europe. You know, yeah. just looking at it, history, dissecting history, 50 years at a time. You know, at each 50 years, you'll be able to see some sort of plague running riot in you know european fested lived places you know what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. even in the history of how europe managed to conquer the americans you know mm-hmm. was through disease and then you'll start to see that disease is a mega tool mm-hmm. has been used as a mega tool for for depopulating mm-hmm. you know? so it's interesting you know that a lot of the bad news and the negative thoughts do stem from a Eurocentric mentality, you know, especially when you look at the history of global wars and global assault, you know, just assault, general assault on the world and on people definitely have Eurocentric basis, especially when you look at it on a global mass scale, you know, mainly millions of people are killed, you know, due to the plight of European causes, which is interesting. You know, does Europe need to kill? There's a question. Does Europe need to kill to be relevant to themselves? 
is a real question. The history of Europe will, would suggest that potentially Europe does need to kill. You know, well, it does, uh, you know, the need kind of, you know. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Oh, no. You know, 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 you know